Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello there, Lewis Giannis with WealthNet Investments. I'm on my back porch right now. There's a lot of wind, there's a lot of noise. The conditions are not ideal for recording a podcast, but I still wanted to record because it's been a while since I've been on. We've been very, very busy because there's so much going on with the elections coming up. Investment markets are very dynamic, and we have a bunch of projects going on. A lot of people are on vacation, but I'm glad to be back on. And I wanted to do something just uh, really important because what I'm noticing is that there's a lot of conflicting feelings about investing right now. A lot of people are looking at the news. A lot of people are saying, the economy is going to hell <laughs> and everything is crumbling around me. And that's really the sense that you get when you look at the news. And you might remember a while back, I did a podcast on uh, basically your own personal economy and how to look at your personal economy and also making a, uh, I believe, a precedent or, or a uh, forewarning that we were going to have a lot of noise coming down the pike, which we have had a lot of noise. And that has indeed affected the psyche of the markets. Even though the equity markets have had some movement higher, there's still a sense in, of unease and there's still, um, you know, uh, pullbacks that are happening. And every time there's a pullback, even if may it be minor, uh, people are very concerned. Um, you know, and some ac accounts and some investors are uh, down 10, 15, 20% from the high still um, because bonds have not been doing very well and uh, treasuries have been the only game in town from an asset allocation perspective uh, from the high from uh, just prior to last year. So I wanted to bring a strong footing to the game here, bring a message of uh, uh, basically stability. We have a dog walking by and my dog loves to bark. So if she starts barking, I apologize. We'll just have to go work through it. So anyhow, so there's two books that I have here with me. The first book is The Intelligent Investor, Benjamin Graham. This is a classic. If you do not have this book and you're an investor, Go pick it up, uh, hit pause, go to Amazon or wherever you like to buy your books, buy this book. Uh, they, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more. This is going to help us talk a little bit about a solid footing. Okay, Libby. I found out, by the way, Libby in Hebrew means heart. Libby. So uh, anyhow, so Libby is my uh, mutt dog. I have a full bred Brittany as well, but Libby is the barker. So anyhow, back to business. The second book here is The Rule. The Rule, written by one of the most interesting characters on Wall Street, a gentleman, an older gentleman, I might add, by the name of Larry Height. He was the founder, founder of Mint uh, Investments, one of the original market wizards, a excellent investor. Now, why did I bring these two books into the table here today? Because they give you two basic rules that stand the test of time. When you have a situation when you, you start feeling like, wow, there's, there's a lot moving around me, you need kind of a grounding. There's a lot of uncertainty around me that you need a grounding. And so what is the grounding that you need? You need a grounding based on, and we all need this, a grounding that's based on something that is timeless something that will work through the long run. 
And that's really what we're focused on. So now The Intelligent Investor, this book, uh, you know, the reason why it's a classic bestseller is because uh, you know, Warren Buffett, for example, says this is one of the best investment books ever written, and I agree with him. The reason why this book stands the test of time is because it gives you some really basic, basic concepts. And when you look at the table of contents here, they talk about investment versus speculation. What is the difference? In fact, I just got an email from a client who said, I'm really worried about my speculation account. He has his own personal account that he's speculating in. Uh, so what is the difference between speculating and investing? Well, investing is when you can actually use a reasonable basis, reasonable basis for determining what the valuation should be for a particular company. And in order to get a valuation, a fair value, if you will, you have to have some form of cash flow expectation as an investor. What cash flows will I get? Whereas speculation, on the other hand, is it's something that's not knowable. It's, it's like pure chance. So investing is when you're leaning the odds in your favor based on historical evidence, based on what you know about an investment uh, uh, or about an opportunity. Whereas a speculation, the odds may or may not be in your favor or it's very unknowable, so speculative. So there's, a, there's some great discussion about investing versus speculating. So there's nothing wrong with speculating as long as you limit the amount that you do in speculation. And that's this particular client that sent me an email. I, I remember when he came on board as a client, uh, that's what I mentioned to him. Take a certain percentage, 5%, 10%, you know, small percent, and speculate with it. Have your, you know, speculate to your heart's desire. But it's your serious money, invest it. So instead of... Uh, feeling insecure because you feel like you're speculating if you focus in on a process that is an investment oriented process then you don't have that sense of unease you don't you have a reasonable basis even though you might have uh, volatility moving to the downside you're, you're you're looking at the valuation of your investments and you're looking at the long run uh uh you know expected cash flows and that gives you a sense of calm if you focus in on that you know, one of the things they talk about here is like what kind of expectation you should have about inflation and what the stock market history has been. And more importantly, there's a, a section there on portfolio policy. The portfolio policy is oriented towards how much do I have in stocks? How much do I have in fixed income? And what ranges am I going to allow for my personal portfolio? Uh, in those asset classes. Very, very, very important. So if you go with a traditional portfolio, let's say you don't do anything fancy and you're just looking at fixed income and equity securities that are high quality, you can have, say, between 25 and 75 percent of your portfolio in stocks. Um, and, and, and if you're diversified using these, these uh, methods that I'm going to be talking about in a little bit, which I've actually talked about so much, I, I almost feel like I'm uh, beat, beating a dead horse, but it's never a dead horse. It's always alive. It's always something that's valuable. That's why I keep talking about it and reminding both myself and other investors who um, happen to be listening to this podcast. Um, the portfolio policy for somebody who is an enterprising investor. In this book, there's a definition of an enterprising investor. An enterprising investor is somebody who is saying, listen, I'm going to try to find opportunities that are above average, not just, you know, trying to follow the index, but I'm trying to have uh, lean the odds in my favor that my returns are going to be above the average company that's in the marketplace. That would be 
basically what an enterprise investor is. Now, the portfolio policy for an enterprising investor is kind of you know, dynamic. You might have more or less stock depending on what the relative opportunities are. So, for example, right now in the marketplace, if you look at the earnings yield, it's, let's say, 5 6% on an earnings yield on the overall stock market, whereas in uh, you know, treasuries, where you know, I bought a bunch of treasuries today, yielding like 5.3%. So, you know, so there's not a huge gap or earnings spread that says, wow, stocks are really cheap relative to fixed income securities. But there are times when that is the case. But an enterprising investor will be looking not just at the overall market, but will be looking at individual opportunities as it relates to what a, a fixed income security would be given you. And these basic economic principles, the principles that you know you learn in finance, um, they really do serve investors over the long run. They also talk about in this book about the defensive investor. Uh, the defensive investor is somebody who is saying, listen, I'm going to buy common stocks uh, and I'm going to buy fixed income securities, but I'm really just trying to get a reasonable rate of return. I'm not expecting to do, to do above average, but I want to get a reasonable return. Those type of investors can do uh, could invest in what's called a representative list is what he calls it. Now, this was back before the index de indexing days, right? And, um, and your portfolio policy may be different there. But it, it, it really goes down to how much time you want to put into investing. If you're, uh, you know, don't want to put a lot of time investing and you're willing to take on the risks of being a more of a passive investor and you don't want to try to have returns that are better than the average securities, then, uh, you know, then you would take a little bit different approach. So this book is an absolute must. It's how, how you should... Uh, pay attention to your investment portfolio and it gives good advice for investors who want to be more passive, investors who want to be more enterprising or want to hire investment uh, advisors that are more uh, enterprising. Uh, I would consider myself a more enterprising investor. We have investments in our, in our strategies that we offer for clients that are both that are passive or or more uh, for those investors who want the defensive posturing and those that want to be more enterprising and to look and seek for above average return potential but i wanted to get back to the concept of of selection so what does it mean to select and i always talk about this concept of qvt quality valuation and technical or sentiment if you will and I've been talking about that since before, uh, since probably 1997. Uh, that was a concept that I have been uh, using for selecting securities and has served us well. <clears throat> so I want to just talk about that briefly one more time. When you're looking, uh, when you're wanting to be an enterprising investor from our perspective, from our philosophy, philosophy from my philosophy, you first want to look at what is the quality Quality, as I define it, is, is the knowability of the cash flows, what you can know about it. There's a lot of securities and investments that you can't know a lot about. You wish you did. You could pretend that you do, but you generally don't know. And for most investments, there's a lot of unknowns, right? So how much knowability is there? How much consistency is there in investment? So that's quality. Valuation is how much am I paying for that? Am I, how much am I paying for economic value? So... Uh, or economic uh, indicators of value, for example, earnings, uh, cash flow, uh, 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 net assets, 
those types of, of metrics. So quality and valuation would be your kind of your fundamental basics. And there's a lot of things obviously that fit inside each one of those categories, but that's the main two things that an enterprising investor would be looking at. And lastly would be technical or sentiment. And that has to do with the fact that no matter how you invest, you never make money unless the price actually agrees with you, unless the price actually moves in your favor and starts moving higher. So uh, the technical aspect, aspect looks at the supply and demand of the investments itself. So this book right here is a great place to start to learn some of the fundamentals if you're not, uh, you know, and for you to get more grounded. So if you're feeling ungrounded right now with your investments, I would pick that book up and say, okay, what am I doing with my portfolio or my advisors doing with my portfolio that follow these, these ideas? And to what degree am I being enterprising versus defensive? And to what degree am I purely speculating or am I really investing? Uh, and uh, do I have a, a good diversified portfolio? Okay, now I wanna contrast this book with this book here. This is that book I told you about called The Rule. Now, this book from Benjamin Graham, The Intelligent Investor, it's an old book. Uh, I guess I could look it up, but it's, it's a pretty old book. And The Rule, however, is not an old book, although the investor who wrote this book, Larry Haidt, has been investing for a long time. He really didn't see a need for writing a book until recently, relatively recently. And this is an excellent book. It's such an easy read, a lot easier than Intelligent Investor. And they, by the way, the Intelligent Investor book is not that complicated. But let me tell you why The Rule is a great book. So the subtitle for The Rule is How I Beat the Odds in the Markets and in Life and How You Can Too. So what Larry Haidt talks about in his book is very, very simple. The idea is, is that if you manage your downside, then you are halfway there. You're more than halfway there. If you know how to cut your losses, when you make a mistake, which every investor does, every investor, no matter how great you are, you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be things that, that, you, that happen that you don't expect. Um, and so this book talks about the concept of cutting losses the concept of diversification. So when you look at you know, the, the, the table of contents, it's like part one is sheep's, sheep heads, pork bellies, and blackjack. And he talks about knowing who you are and learning from your failures and finding the game that you love. So he was talking about his own life there. And in his, his storytelling of his life, he gives you the concepts of the rule of, of, of following trends and the whole idea about investing for the long term is being on trends and the longer the trend, the better and profiting from a long term trend and cutting your losses. So it's cutting your losses and letting your winners run. And that's the basics of it. It sounds so basic and it is basic. Doing it is not always easy, but it is so critical to having a good investment plan over the long run. So um, he's talking about how he lost money and some different different rules that he has, but he talks about mostly about philosophy and how if you you don't really know exactly, there's so much unknown with with investing that uh, you know having that loss cutting rule can really uh, help you. And then also on the flip side, 
is identifying trends. When a trend is beginning, a lot of times we don't understand fully why a trend is beginning and what's happening in that trend. We try to pretend that we know, but you know nobody really knows for sure. So when you have trends, it's really important to heed those trends and to be on board with some of those trends. And um, that's the basics of the rule. Why did I bring them up uh, you know, side by side? Well, because they're two different philosophies that you find different camps on Wall Street that will tend to fall religiously one or the other. Um, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that dogma. I think that they, they can be working in conjunction with each other. The concept of having the valuation uh, uh, ideas and having being more of an investor, but also uh, recognizing the fact that you can make mistakes, diversify, and to cut losses as quickly as possible once you recognize that you have a loss. So an investor should not be, and it's hard, it's difficult for everybody, but an investor that is feeling anxious and that is not uh, is seeing all this news around you that's making you uh, nervous, I think that's getting back to that signal to noise ratio. Go back to the signal and avoid the noise. The signal is in these two concepts. What is the quality? What is the valuation? What is the sentiment? Am I, is there anything that I should be cutting losses in? Am I diversified? And working with the advisors that can help you do that if that's not something that you love. A lot of people don't love, and I recognize in my audience and people that, that listen, I have a combination of people who are professionals who've been managing money for years and years, and people who are lay people who um, may be clients or maybe uh, people that just are interested in learning. Uh, you know, no matter which, which place you fall, uh, this can help maybe be a good reminder if you're a professional or if you're somebody who is uh, you know, learning. Pick up these books if you don't already have them. If you're feeling nervous right now, it's time for a portfolio review. I can't remember or I can't even account how many times I've, I've, I've said that. It's time for a portfolio review. Sometimes I was just saying earlier today, oh gosh, I wish I didn't have to do these portfolio reviews because I'm doing a bunch of portfolio reviews with clients right now. Um, but I have to remind myself that it's very important to do that, even though it can be monotonous or even a strain, especially if you're down from the highs from your investment results. The, you know, in an investment career, you spend more time lower than the absolute highs that you've had in your returns. Uh, you know, investments tend to go up, 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 hitting new highs, and then you go for a long period or a short period, depending on conditions where you're below the high, where you're maybe congesting, maybe going down. But that period, when you're not making new highs, that's when everybody feels, oh, that's my American flag that's uh, waving, waving around. That's when people start feeling anxious. That's when you go back to the basics and remind yourself, and I'm reminding myself, that uh, sticking to the basics works. That's all you need to do. So I hope somebody finds that a uh, encouraging message and I hope somebody picks up these books and gets something valuable out of it that will make you make a lot of money. I have a new workshop that I'm working on. I'm very excited about this workshop. I'm working with a colleague and friend of mine. Her name is Geetit Kaufman. And this a workshop I'm excited about, it's called Wealth Beyond Numbers. We've been iterating on this concept, but we're gonna be going over the money-mind connection and how we're gonna have like little thinking tools after each section on how you can think about 
what you're doing with your investments or your plan, and then how that affects your, your mind or your psychology. Gatit is a licensed professional therapist, and uh, so she knows a lot about psychology. We notice that there's a lot of people out there who are maybe not getting the results they should primarily because of psychology. Not because they don't know what to do, not because they haven't been uh, like educated on what to do, but, but, but psychologically there's some roadblock that's keeping a person from achieving the, the financial objectives they should. And whether it be uh, how you invest or uh, how you spend your money, things like that. Look out for that. Uh, that's probably going to be happening in the fourth quarter is what we're anticipating. We've, we've lined out all of the video recording and all that stuff for this. So I'm looking forward to getting that out. I just wanted to give you a little teaser on that. But anyway, if you need anything, uh, you can always reach out to us too. Remember, go to wealthnetinvest.com, hit the schedule a call button if you want a portfolio review for your situation. Okay, now I'm, now I'm going to let you go. Peace out. Talk to you later. Bye. For the latest episode of The Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.